0: this is my message for you today if you want to be successful in 2020 it starts with these three things we talked about the first one last week and it is the number one goal you should have this year is to know jesus to know him and if you say pastor i already know him then i would say you should want to know him more like paul said i want to know him more that's what we talked about last week how that there is a wonderful mysterious aspect of christ that can't be known completely, that there's always more to know about Jesus. And the more you know him, the more you want to know him more, the more you love him. And the more you uncover, the more you realize there's more to uncover. And it's just this never ending, wonderful thing of discovery for those who are hungry and thirsty to know Jesus. And the results of pursuing Jesus, just knowing him in in, in prayer and in the word and in our fellowship and in praise and all the ways that we experience Christ, just those things transforms our lives it turns us into people who have peace in the middle of the storm right and and who have faith even when everyone else is losing their faith amen and and we have the ability to live the way God wants us to live when we are pursuing Jesus but a lot of people are too busy pursuing the stuff of the world and that they don't really have time to pursue Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that this stuff of the world is not necessarily bad unless it's more important to you than Jesus. Come on. The Bible talks about money a lot. And most of the time when it talks about money, it's telling you don't let money be more important to you than Christ. Amen. And so uh, our pursuit and our number one goal, if you do nothing else this year, make it your goal to know Jesus and know him more. And I want to talk to you this morning about the second most important goal that you can have for 2020, and that is growing in Jesus. So we're knowing Jesus, and second is to grow in Jesus. Amen? And, uh, you know, I've been online, and I've seen a a couple of memes that uh, say something to the effect that if you're looking for me to be a better person in 2020, forget it. I'm going to be the same old jerk that I was uh, in 2019. And, and if that's you and you want to stay the same, then just stay the same. You're welcome to do that. Um, but if you want to get better and grow and become more more like Jesus, then I want to help you do that today. And I want to I help you get a clear picture of 2020 and the future and what it can be. And so like when I say give you clear vision for 2020, a lot of you might think of seeing blurry and then putting on glasses and everything becomes clear. And that's because most of us are older and we need glasses, right? And that's the way we are. I mean, if I take these off, everything goes blurry. And when I put them down, they they become clear. But it's not really like that. It's more like when you were a kid. You remember when you were a kid and your vision was fine? And you put on your mama's or daddy's glasses and all of a sudden everything went crazy? And in order for you to really see clearly, you had to take something off so that you could actually see. Today, I want to help you take off some stuff so that you can see more clearly. Seeing clearly into 2020 doesn't mean that you see everything that's going to happen. You know, when I, have, uh, when I took those glasses off as a kid and I could see clearly, it didn't mean I could see into the future. It didn't mean I could see around the corner. That's what God sees. It means I could see what I'm supposed to see. And I want you to know that if you get this right, if you strip away the junk off of your life, your vision can clear up to where you can see what God wants you to see and you can navigate forward. Reaching the place God wants you to reach and becoming the person God wants you to become. Can you say amen to that? Your number two goal should be to grow in Jesus. And this is a direct connected result of trying to know Jesus. They are connected to one another. In other words, Christian, if you want to grow in Christ and you don't pursue knowing Jesus, you're not going to grow in Christ. Amen. You have to start with wanting to know Jesus and everything begins to flow from there and then you can become who God wants you to be. New Year's goals are are usually about growing as a person like people want to be better and do more and accomplish things and get rid of bad habits And, and it kind of looks like this. It starts with, I am not who I want to be right now. I need to change myself so that I can be who I want to be. There's a new me out there somewhere Someone that I don't currently possess. Are you catching this? So now I have to go find myself. How many of you ever went and found yourself? Anybody? I was always right where I left me, right? (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I'm so lost I have to get my wife to find me, right? That's the world's mindset is that you're not who you're supposed to be and who you want to be is somewhere out there are you with me so far listen having a hunger to grow is a godly and a good thing we're supposed to grow god wants us to grow but we must make sure that we are number one trying to become who god wants us to become amen like paul said we talked about last week he spent a lot of time growing himself in areas that was a complete waste of time and he said i counted all his loss i had to tear my life all the way down and rebuild it on the right foundation that is jesus christ And he spent education and and pursued in his career and in his personal life and even in his devotions to God that was built on the wrong things because he was not trying to become who God wanted him to become. So when you start making goals about who you want to be, start with, God, who do you want me to be? Who do you want me to be? And listen, there's there's steps to that. Like the first step is usually I want to be somebody else. I want to sing like Tanisha. If I could sing like Tanisha take me to the king. (laughs) If I could, if I could, if I had the personality of Tony, everybody loves Tony. If I, this, you know, you start with this idea of like looking at other people and you want to be them. The next step is beginning to realize that, Hey, I'm pretty awesome myself. And, And finally you reach a place, hopefully in Christ where you go, you know what? Who I am is pretty dadgum sweet, and, and people should love me because God has blessed me and given me talents, and and yeah, I have faults and failures, but don't talk about mine because you got your own. Come on, and I'm I'm pretty great, and where God has me is pretty great. You know what? I don't need to be at the biggest church in Austin preaching right now because this church right here is great. In fact, it's the best church in Austin, in my opinion. And it's not because you're a pastor pastor's wife helps though so. hallelujah <laughs> thank you tony <laughs> it starts with being the person god wants you to be and then when you get there then you can begin to make the changes in growth that you need to make and i'm going to help you do that today let's go to philippians if you would i'm going to read philippians 3 12 through 14 you can write these down if you didn't get a bulletin every sunday you can get a bulletin and, uh, and there's a place that you can take notes on there if you need to, if you don't have paper. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. This is Paul. Watch this. Not that I have already attained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's look at what he's saying here. I want you to notice a few things. One, he says to lay hold of. There's something he's trying to get a hold of. There's a goal out there for him. Amen? There's something he's trying to attain to. And then he says, forgetting what was behind. Now, a lot of people think of just forgetting the past. And and that's important. Forgetting like bad things that have happened to you, even good things that have happened to you. Sometimes we need to let that go. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm going to be blunt with you. Usually the people who always talk about the past are the people who don't have anything going on in the present. I just got in your kitchen, didn't I? God is doing a thing now. He's doing a thing in our church, in our city, in our country. He's doing a thing in your life, if you'd pay attention. Yes, yesterday was beautiful, but you can't live in yesterday because God's trying to do something right now, amen? And it's not just about forgetting the past, though. It's about not being satisfied with where you are. Come on, on the way to church, I was listening to a song. It says, I'm not satisfied living in yesterday's hour. Hallelujah. I'm not satisfied to just have the form and not the power. I want more, amen? I want more of God. I want more of his anointing. I want to see people's lives change. I'm not happy with what is right now. And I think you'll never get to that goal if you always are satisfied with where you are now. He said, I'm forgetting what was behind and I'm reaching forward longing for more he's trying to grab onto something because he wants something more can you imagine it the apostle paul who saw a vision of jesus knocked off his horse audibly heard the voice of the lord jesus christ uh began preaching the gospel saw miracles raised the dead Blind eyes open, miraculous. Thing. One day he's preaching. He's preaching so long that it gets boring. And there's a guy sitting in a window uh, and he falls asleep and he falls asleep and falls down and it's he's dead. And Paul goes over there and prays for him and raises him back to life again. This is this is Paul. And uh, the Paul who said he went into the third heaven and he heard and saw things that he can't even express, this is Paul, and yet he's saying here, I'm still reaching for more. I still want more of God. I'm not satisfied with what I've seen. I want more. He says, I'm pressing. That implies effort. He's not just going to sit in his lazy boy couch and wait for God to bring him more. Amen? Come on. I mean, we we are so comfortable in the country today that we don't want to put any effort into reaching God. We want everything to be just right. Like if if the preacher don't preach uh, something that just makes my soul light on fire and if the temperature's not just right and... And if the parking lot's too full or if the ride's too far or whatever it is, we just, well, I don't have time to pursue God. And and yet God is saying there has to be some effort, some pressing, some want to, some want to Paul had want to next. He says the high calling, you know what the high calling is. It is who God created you to be. Your high calling is becoming who God created you to be. And that is found. The final thing is in Christ Jesus. So get this. The goal of becoming who God wants you to be is not found in the world, it's found in Christ Jesus. It's not found out there, it's found in Christ Jesus. Amen? Have you got that today? Now, if you read this by by yourself, you might think Paul sees a better version of himself out there and he wants to go out there and work hard so he can become someone that he's never been before. And and, and let me tell you, the truth is that's not how growth in Christ works. Growth in Christ is not about what's out there. It's really about what's in here. Paul is not saying I'm pressing out. What he really is saying is I'm pressing in. I'm pursuing on the inside everything that God wants me to be. So let's look at uh, another scripture, 2 Peter two one through four excuse me second Peter one two through four excuse me grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything say everything say it again everything now say it like you mean it say everything Oh, man, you people are crazy. God has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Y'all got a little preacher in you. I like that. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust i want you I want you to get that in your spirit again because I'm about to mess up your idea of how it is to be you and what it means to be you and and uh, help you understand how God wants you to truly grow now. We got to see here that God has granted us everything. We said the word everything. Everything you need has already been granted to you. And too many times we take the position that we're trying to get something we don't already possess. Now, there may be things in the flesh that you don't possess, but the stuff that God wants to give you, the person that you truly want to be and long to be, has already been given to you. In fact, everything you ever need has already been given to you. In fact, the moment of salvation when your spirit was born again, everything you would ever need for your life and for godliness was already given to you somebody say amen to that it's already been given to you so uh some might think well you know does that mean that i'm perfect does that mean that i'm uh already who i need to be and i'm done and everything's the way it should be well the truth of that is of course no let's look more at the word of god and what paul is saying here second peter once again Excuse me. I'm going to go to Philippians. I've got a new tablet, and I'm trying to figure it out here. Philippians, who's there? Chapter 3, back to where we were. So the fact that God has already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness doesn't mean that we're already perfect Does it it means that we somewhere possess everything that we need and now watch what Paul says here He says not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect. So he says in one sentence. I'm not perfect I haven't attained it. I'm pressing towards it, but I'm not perfect And he says brethren. I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it. But one thing I do Forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward, what lies ahead, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Let's go down to verse 15. Verse 15, it says, Let us therefore as many as have as as many as are perfect. As many of us as are perfect have this attitude and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal it to you Also, so we notice in verse 12 He says not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect and then in verse 15 He says let us including himself Therefore as many as are perfect. He then calls himself perfect So Paul in the same chapter says I'm not perfect. I haven't reached it yet but he says as many of us who are perfect He says there's a group of people, and he includes himself, that are perfect. Now, is Paul high? What is he talking about here? And how does what he says make any sense? And I want to help you understand that today. Paul isn't saying do two different things. In fact, Paul is trying to teach us something that is very key to understanding your walk in Christ. And I've talked about it many times before, and I'll continue to talk about it. It is spirit, soul, and body. You are made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Say it. Spirit. Spirit soul and body. I want you to stop for just a moment and I want you to meditate on these very quickly. Your spirit is the inner part of you. That is not your personality or your emotions or even your thinking. It's deeper than that. And it's the place that God relates to you. It didn't become alive until you were born again. It was dead until you were born again. And what born again means is that your spirit is brought to life. Come on. Now, the second part of you is your soul. That's the inner part of you everyone else relates to, your personality, your thinking, your emotions. Come on. That part of you is not perfected yet, and the reason I know that is because sometimes you think stupid things. Sometimes you feel emotions that aren't godly. Huh? And the third part of you is, of course, your body. And we know that's not perfect, right? We all have mirrors, so we know we're not perfect. And we, we get tired and sick and, and all of that. And and so the soul and body part of you makes up what the Bible calls the flesh. That's the part of you that relates to the world around you here in the natural. And the spirit part of you, child of God, is the part that directly relates to God. When you're born again, your spirit is made perfect That's what Paul says for those who are perfect. What he means is those of us who've been born again and our spirits are perfected. Can I tell you something in your spirit where you're in union with the Holy Spirit that part of you never wants to sin never wants to hate never wants to be selfish never wants to sleep in when it's time to go do what God wants you to do. That part of you is perfect and that is where the you that you long to be lies Come on, are you with me so far? Now, the flesh part of us, our souls, our our minds, sometimes our minds get us thinking dumb things. Have you ever just let your mind work yourself up into an anger and you get so frustrated at your boss or your wife or your kids or your neighbor or somebody and you just get so mad and and, and you know you're in trouble when you start saying, no, I'm going to go tell them while I feel like it. What you're saying is you know that if you'll calm down, you're not going to spout your mouth off. And so i got to do it while I'm mad. And so what do you do? You go spout your mouth off. And, And that's why the flesh is such a problem for us because at salvation, we are born again. Our spirits are made perfect, but our flesh, our souls, and our bodies are still being perfected. Come on, are you with me? So think about the soul part of your life, your thinking, your emotions, right? And your body, those things aren't perfect. And when Christians have sin, that's where sin resides. It doesn't reside or start from their spirit. It starts within their flesh. It starts in their thinking, and it ends up going, coming out of their body. That's why Paul said there's this sin, and that it's living in my members. What he meant to say is that it's not living in my spirit. That's really me, where the real me exists and starts from. It's living in the part of me that's still broken and has yet to be perfected. Are you with me? Now, there's coming a time when you will be perfected spirit, soul, and body 100%. We know the Bible says that when you see Jesus face to face, you will become like him. Your soul will be perfected. We know that the dead in Christ will rise and your corruptible body will be changed and you'll be given an incorruptible body. So there'll come a point in time where your spirit, soul, and body, you're perfect just like Jesus is. But now what we have... Is this The Bible calls it an excellent treasure that's our perfect spirit in union with God inside of the depths of us that is functioning through an earthen vessel. That is the soul, body, flesh side of us that the spirit has to come out of. That's why God is in you always wanting to do good. And sometimes he gets out and sometimes he doesn't. It depends on how you control your flesh. Come on. Your flesh can keep you from loving others. Yeah, your flesh can prevent you from doing and saying good things or your flesh can be an instrument of the Holy Spirit to say good things and do good things and be who you're supposed to be. But notice that the flesh has a will all of its own. It's about your spirit, soul and body. Now, when you understand that, you can understand it in the depths of your spirit. You've been forgiven completely. Amen. Amen. Once and for all, the Bible says that used to, the priest would have to go in and make a sacrifice for sin all over and over again. And every time you'd sin, they'd have to make another one. But the Bible says at one time, Jesus made his sacrifice, and he sat down at the right hand of God so that you could have forgiveness of your sins. In fact, I, I can't get into this too deep, but some of you, you keep measuring your life by uh, what you do, thinking that if I do good, I'm righteous. And if I don't do good, I'm not righteous. You're living under the old covenant because the new covenant doesn't have anything to do with judging your righteousness by your actions. It's about faith. The new covenant is about faith. Amen. So it's about your spirit, soul, and body. You're not a perfect person because when the fall came, sin came into the world and it messed you up. You catch that? The reason you get mad when you're not supposed to is because the fall messed you up. The reason that you're selfish is because the fall messed you up. The reason that you you uh, don't always love your neighbor as yourself is because the fall messed you up. It messed me up too. And I have you know I've said a lot here lately. The more I learn about myself, the more I I realize that when Mylan's being Mylan, he can be quite a jerk. And uh, when Mylan is uh, allowing the holy spirit to have control of his mouth and his mind and his emotions he can be the most compassionate kind giving loving person there is have you experienced both if you hang around this church very long you will have experienced both both i i have an ability to be a smart aleck sometimes i said that the nice way but you know what i mean i have the ability to be mad hold a grudge i have the ability to 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 say well that's not my problem That's myelin in the flesh. Amen. You got to overlook that because I've got to overlook your flesh. Come on. Knowing that uh, although I'm not perfect in the flesh, I'm growing. I'm becoming in the flesh. And God is helping me become a better earthen vessel so that more of his spirit can flow out of me. So that's why Paul says, look, there's a part of us that's perfected. Our spirits, we are united in Christ in spirit. But God has still got something for us. There's a high calling uh, a perfect person that I'm trying to become. And, and it's not a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. It's the best Milan Avery that I can possibly be. It's the man God created me to be. And he's not out there. He's inside of here. Come on. Are you catching this today? Are you catching it? And so I want to I wanna give you a visual example. I need a, I need a volunteer if I could. Oh, you? Okay. This guy right here is going to be my volunteer. What? His name is Steve y'all welcome Steve here Steve I gotta say you're the you're the only person I've met who's whiter than I am <laughs> that's about the color of my legs um, help me Jesus so Steve is Steve's a longhorn because he's born again <laughs> hook him right <laughs> uh, it's a uh, it's a great thing God's an amazing God because he loves Oklahoma Sooners and Aggies and everybody and bless them. It it takes God praise the Lord Um, so this guy's going to be my example today. His name is Steve. He's a buddy of mine. And, uh, uh, he's going to help me illustrate to you exactly how you truly grow in Christ. What it really means for you to grow in Christ. Now, just like he is, let's say that this is the spirit part of a man. This is, uh, the perfected. He's been born again. What's in the depths of his spirit. Now, once again, not in his mind, but in his spirit, in his Gut, the place that you can't even define, it's perfected, it's united. The Holy Spirit is with him and is one. They are united together in Christ. And this is the Spirit man uh right in front of you. This is what you're seeing. You're getting a visual example of this. Well, what happens is if this guy is allowed to function in the world then all sort of amazing things happen. I mean, this he becomes who God wants him to be. He he has faith. He has peace in the midst of the storm. He prays for the sick, and they recover. He succeeds with his family and with his with his uh, career, and just all the things that you imagine a great life could be happen inside in the spirit, man, because God placed it there by his will when he became born again. The problem is that sin has added a bunch of junk. Like Let's say this is fear. Uh, Fear now he's got fear on him A lot of people are living in the flesh with a lot of fear and the reason they can't accomplish something in god is because God requires you to have faith God requires you to step out Mm -hmm. God requires you to give When you don't have enough money to pay the bills Can I tell you god is not a god of comfort? He's a god of faith and what he's going to require you to do is step out in areas where if he doesn't come through, you're in big trouble. Come on. God is not a comfortable God who asks you to take safe steps along the way. He's a God that wants you to take steps of faith that in the natural require risk. Is anybody hearing this? And the reason that your spirit man is not able to do that is because the fall put fear on you. You're afraid and you're trying to just keep what you've got and you don't want to lose what you've got and so you can't receive God's best because you've got fear on you. It's keeping you from moving forward. And, and, and let's say that this here, the fall put uh, laziness on you. Woo, can I tell you something? Christians shouldn't be lazy. Amen. Let me say that again because I didn't get a good enough response to that. Christians should not be lazy. So within you is this person who wants to go out and take on the world and accomplish something big for God. Come on. Accomplish something big for God. Wants to get up, wants to go out. It, within you is the spirit man who wants to eat, right and exercise. Come on. Oh, you didn't want to hear that, did you? Did you know that within your spirit man there is not a glutton? There is not a lazy sit on the couch and do nothing when something can be done come on are you with me today and yet laziness is an attribute of the flesh that keeps us from doing what we need to do have you noticed that as more of the uh, the fall of man has put junk upon us the less we see of our original steve here and so we've got fear and we've got laziness and and uh, then we've got selfishness oh good lord that's a big one can't hardly see it oh lord steve just fell apart bless his heart Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus, I pray. <laughs> poor Steve! Look at the weight of sin is just tearing this poor guy apart. And uh, uh, selfishness is an attribute of the flesh. Selfishness says, "I want it for me. I want it." I want to have what I want to have, and it's all about me. And, and if I can control it and possess it, and, and uh, they've got the newest thing, I need the newest thing. And, and, and that can get to a place where we don't want to give, we don't want to help anybody. We want to do like the, 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 the rich people that came into the temple, and they gave. And it seemed like they were given a lot of money. But the truth is, Jesus said they gave out of their abundance. In other words, they got everything they wanted, and if there was something left, then they would offer that to God. I like to drop the mic right now, but we paid a lot of money for this, so I won't do that. And then came a little widow woman who didn't have a lot of money, and she put in a couple little coins, and Jesus said she gave more than everybody else did. Why? Because she gave sacrificially. It was everything that she had. There's a person in you, in your spirit, that wants to be giving and kind and and wants to think about other people first. Hmm somebody who wants to think about someone else and what they need and is willing to say you know what I'll take w- what I love and what I enjoy and I'll give it away to somebody else that's sacrificial giving but the the flesh has marred us so much it's put so much junk upon our lives that we can't be who God wants us to be are you catching this today i hope you're you're understanding what i'm saying that what you need to be the person you long for the person you were created to be is not out there somewhere you don't have to go find yourself child of God everything you need for life and godliness has already been placed inside of you it's just been covered up by a bunch of junk that we're going to get rid of can you say amen amen so if you want to make some growth in Christ you got to start thinking about things the way God wants you to think about them that is stop thinking of going and getting something and start thinking of stripping away the stuff That doesn't belong there. In Colossians 3, 1 through 5, it says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Now watch this. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. For you have died. Say, I have died. I have died. You know what he means by that? We're going to talk about it in a minute. You have died, and your life now is hidden With Christ in God when Christ who is our life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory now this just blows me away I got to stop right there there's there's a twofold message to what is saying here you notice he says that when Christ has been revealed then you will be revealed as well Amen. Now he's talking about the return of Jesus so that when Jesus comes back, then the you who you really are will be revealed 100% perfected in Christ. Are you catching that? But also on a regular daily basis, who we are in Christ is revealed as Jesus is revealed. That's why it's so important you pursue Christ because as you pursue him, who you really are, the person you long to be is more exposed and you become more of who God wants you to be. Therefore now watch this are you paying attention say amen Therefore consider your members the members of your earthly body or your flesh as dead to immorality impurity passion evil desire greed which amounts to idolatry Did you catch that So how do we remove the junk how do we get rid of it today Um let's make an example I'm going to talk about one area of your life uh, money because that usually affects everybody who's Uh, Grown and we're all grown and none of us are rich, right? And if we were money might still be an issue for us and how we treat it And so money is going to be a big important part of your life And can I tell you it's not really about how much you have that makes uh, The difference between whether money is uh, um, a problem in your life or not Come on some of some of the poorest people I know give at church more faithfully than anyone else and they're the happiest people that I know, and they don't have possessions. They don't have a nice car or the latest iPhone or or a big screen TV or any of that stuff, but they're happy, can I tell you? Amen? Now, a lot of people, uh, you know, Think that they need to have a certain level of money to have happiness until they get to that level They'll always be struggling or striving to be more happy and i'm here to tell you that's not true In fact, it's just like everything else that the world offers you once you get there It won't be enough and you'll want more and you'll be unhappy until you get here and then it won't be enough And then you'll want here and then you want there and and, and that's not the secret to it inside of you, God placed a, in your spirit, man, a person who handles money, thinks about money correctly. That means a person down inside of you in your spirit, man, has already been placed there who does not blow money, does not take off days of work unnecessarily. I mean, your life now ain't a does not think selfishly and takes care of themselves first and no one else, that that person exists inside of you. So what most people do when they have money problems is they start looking out there. They start saying, saying I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a different person. I'm going to get educated or I'm going to make a, a, a list of goals and I'm going to start saving money. And they open a savings account and, and they start beginning to try to get things out there when that person you want to be is in here. Are you with me? And so it's not so much about going and finding a new person. It's about uncovering the person that God already put in you because you know that everything you need for life and godliness has already been granted to you. Come on, come on. And so you have to start stripping some things away from your life. The Bible says in 1 John that there are three things that we get caught up in, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, And the pride of life now let me give you some examples of how those work with money in your flesh this is what your flesh does your flesh says I don't want to work hard I want to goof off your flesh says I don't I'm not doing any more like if you're a waitress you'd say sorry that's not my table I'm not doing any more than I have to do and you're constantly at odds with work the idea of work you're trying to figure out how to not work and so maybe you take off more than you need to Come on, you got to learn to think the right way. This fleshly guy wants to be lazy and relaxed and goof off and have fun. And some people, even when they're at work, they spend most of their time either trying to go to the bathroom or go on break or hang out in a corner somewhere where the boss ain't looking and having a conversation with their friends. And they think work is about having fun. Can I tell you a secret? You're there to work. Amen. And you know what? If you work, you might actually start making some more money. And then I hear people say all the time, you know, they wanted me to move up, but I'm not going up in that. I'm not getting caught up in in that uh, management position stuff. Well, then just stay at the same level of income you're at. Just stay right there. Maybe God opened the door and you're just too lazy because the flesh is lazy. You don't want to take on any new challenges. You don't want to learn anything new. And so the flesh says, no, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to keep playing lotto and hope it hits. And and that'll be my retirement plan is lottery. I mean, it's got to hit sometime, doesn't it, right? And, And the flesh says, no, and the spirit says, go, take over, accomplish, step into something, learn something new. Everything you need is already within you. Well, if we could get rid of that laziness, we might actually bring in some more money. Come on, somebody. Come on. Are you with me? Money problems, the lust of the eye here's a money problem. If I see it and I like it, I want to buy it. You ever go to Walmart and they've got the the aisles, like when you're checking out, there's just full of stuff. And while you're waiting and God, they make you wait at Walmart, don't they? And, and, and it's like the, the person's up there and there's five people in front of you and it's like beep, beep. And so you're looking at every type of gum they have and every candy bar. Oh, I hadn't tried that one every little thing. Oh, and I might need some uh, chapstick. And the reason they put that there is because they know that if you see it and you want it, you will buy it. They put stuff on in end caps uh, out there in the stores. Like some, one time I went to, to the store and where, where the Tylenol should be, it was completely empty. And I'm like, wow, everybody's got a headache uh, this week. But you know what? All of the Tylenol was out an end cap over by the groceries so that when you're getting milk, you'll see that and you'll think, I want that. We have this amazing thing in our flesh that when we see it and we want it, we want to buy it and control it and possess it. Come on. You know what? You can look at a Lamborghini and not have to own it and still appreciate it. You can look at a nice dress that somebody has that maybe costs some money and you can't afford it and you can appreciate it without having to own it and possess it yourself. But our flesh has this thing that says, I see it, I want it, I'm going to buy it. And what happens when we do that? We get ourselves in a financial mess, don't we? It wasn't your spirit that overspent. It was your flesh. It wasn't the depths of who Steve is. It was this junk on top of him that kept him from being who he was supposed to be. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. I'm going to hit you here right now. I'm going to hit most of us Americans right here. Because while in other countries, there are many people who are just trying to get enough money to eat... We're trying to possess things to give us self-worth. Now, do you feel better about yourself if you're in an old junky car that's spitting smoke out the back or in a brand new fantastic looking car that just runs so smooth? Which one do you feel more important in and more special in? The obvious answer is the second one. And yet, did the car change the nature of your value at all? It didn't. But in our minds, it does. In America, we have this thing that if somehow, if I have achieved a certain level of financial success, it means I'm better than other people. Oh, I just got into your world, didn't I? You know why we keep striving to have more? Because the flesh keeps telling us that if you buy the latest phone, if you have the biggest TV, if you have a nicer house, if you have a better car, it means you're a better person. This is the pride of life. That's what the devil keeps telling you. And that's why so many people who make plenty of money, they make enough money to get by in this country, and yet they're always broke. You know why they're always broke? Because they keep buying things to try to make themselves feel important. I'm going to stop there and let that sink into you for just a moment. You see, it isn't really... That you need those possessions is that you want them because they make you feel good. And that's a product of the flesh. So within the spirit, man, there's this guy who handles money the way he should handle money. He handles it, he works hard he 's conscientious, he buys what he needs to buy. He gives when he 's supposed to give that is in your spirit man it 's already been placed in you when you were born again, but your flesh keeps getting in the way, and we 've got to do something about the flesh now we 've got to get rid of the flesh. Are you with me today? Overcoming the flesh is m- not what you think it is really to 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 some people we might think well do to remove the flesh, I have to control my flesh and yes and no not really or some people who know the bible more might say well to get rid of the flesh i have to kill the flesh yes and no not really in fact the answer is found in colossians 3 5 it says therefore watch this consider the members of your earthly body as dead in other words The grace covenant that we live in, we're not in the law covenant, we're in the grace covenant, right? And it's a covenant of faith. God said it, I believe it, and when I believe it, it becomes a reality in the natural realm. Are you are you with me? That's how everything works in the grace covenant. It it works flow out of our faith. And so I believe that God said it. I know what he said. I believe it. And because of it, it changes my nature. And then my actions begin to change because of that. Are you are you catching that? So it doesn't start with my works. It starts with my faith. When I know the word of God and I believe the word of God, then things begin to change. And so we have to believe what the word of God says, that we have already been killed. Watch this, Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. (laughs) You want to know something that can change your life? The bad part of you died with Jesus. The fleshly part of you died with Jesus. The part of you that overspends and overthinks. The part of you that's selfish and wants for your own life. The part of you that is messing you up. The part of you that's messing up your life and your family and your money and your health. That part of you died with Jesus. And yet from time to time, he crops up again. So what do we got to do? We've got to believe what God said. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I love that. What you see is not really me. It's Jesus in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by works. No, I live by struggling. No, by the power of my will. Nope. I live by faith. (laughs) In other words, if I want to get rid of the flesh, I just believe that the flesh is dead. Amen. I just believe that the flesh is dead. You know why the flesh keeps cropping up in our lives? Because you don't really believe it's dead. You haven't trusted in the word enough to tell you that it's dead. And when you believe today, when you leave here today and you know that you died in Christ and that that old man that's messing you up has been killed... And you know that with all of your heart, you're gonna wake up tomorrow and that old man is gonna try to come back again. But you know what? You're gonna know the word and you're gonna have to believe again, believe what God said. The life I live, now I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Time and time again, when you look in scripture, what you see about the old man is not that really we're supposed to, by the power of our will, control him. It's not even that we're really supposed to, by the power of our will, kill him. It's that we're supposed to believe that when Christ, Died, he went with Jesus into the tomb. Amen. That my old man, my selfish, fleshly old man that has been messing up my life, went into the tomb with Jesus, and out came the new man, the spiritual man in me that has been given everything I need for life and godliness. Can you say, Praise God, today? Hallelujah. I hope you're getting this today. It's not really that you control or even kill your flesh, it's that you believe it's already dead. Because this is, once again, a faith covenant. God said it, and I believed it. And because I did, I became saved. Come on. How do you stay saved? You know what? Staying saved, uh, being saved and, and, and being a Christian looks for me more and more as I grow. It is simply this. I'm a child of God because God said I am, and I believe him. Oh, but do you go to church? I didn't ask you that. The Bible didn't either. Oh, do you give to the poor? The Bible didn't ask you that. Uh, you know, do you, do you pray every day? You read the Bible every day? The Bible didn't ask you that about your salvation. It asked you, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe what God said about him and what he did? And if you did, he says you're his child. Do you believe you're his child? That's, that's as simple as it is. It's not, oh, I don't feel saved. People say, well, when you get saved, you just know you're saved. Well, there's some days that your feelings won't know you're saved. And you know how you're going to know you're saved? Because the Bible says that if you confess with the mouth with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You know I, how I know I'm saved? Because he said it and I believe it. And that's how the covenant we live in works. Come on. Come on. And so there is a new man in you. You can grow in Christ. The key is not to go out there and add to your life. The key is to go inside of here and inside of the word and start stripping stuff out of your life. Uh-huh. So, so what does Steve look like if we get rid of the junk? God help him. He needs, somebody might have to call a doctor and let's have special prayer. Hallelujah. So if we get rid of the junk, the fear, the selfishness, the anxiety, and uh, all of the stuff the flesh put on poor Steve and we help him look, there you are. Where you been? (laughs) Then more and more gets exposed this spirit man that's already been given everything we need. There are days when my spirit man is exposed because my flesh is dead. I believe my flesh is dead. I'm not the person that I used to be, and I'm not going to allow that person to be alive. I'm going to believe that I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Amen. And, And listen, when you start getting under the law, and you start deciding that you're going to work really hard to be good and be a Christian and grow. Uh, the opposite happens. You you get into a position where you're struggling on your own now, and you no longer have God's power at work in you, and you begin to fail more and more, and you struggle more and more. Come on! But when you just relax in Jesus and you believe that He is who you who He you are who He says you are, then you can just uh, begin to be the person. That God wants you to be. It's not about finding something to add to your life. It's about stripping away the junk that's keeping you from being that. Now we could have talked about a number of things. We could have talked about uh, your marriage relationship. We could have talked about your relationship at work with your, with your kids. Uh, We could have talked about uh, your ministry. We could have talked about how you fit into your community, every area of your life. We could have talked about your weight and your, your diet and exercise. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I need to do better taking care of my body? Come on. Come on. I do, too. I know, I know you think that I do a lot of work to make this look so pretty. <laughs> but I, I owe all of this to eating too much and not exercising enough. So um, the truth is all of us need to do better, amen. And our spirit man is not a lazy glutton. That's our flesh man. And we need to get rid of the flesh, man. We could have stripped off laziness in regards to, to our exercise. We could, have, we could have stripped off gluttony because uh, let's just get into your world for a little bit. There's a thing called comfort food, and we buy it every time we go to the store. and we eat because it makes us feel good, or we like to taste, or we eat because we're bored. How many of you do that? I'll just be wandering in the kitchen and I'm not even hungry, and I'm looking through the cabinets because I'm bored. But you know why we're supposed to eat to nourish our bodies. That's why we're supposed to eat And so the there's a spirit man in you that just wants to eat enough to nourish his body But the flesh man wants to be a glutton. He wants to consume everything make himself feel good taste good He's bored. He just wants to consume. That's not who god made you to be That's the flesh that got in there because of sin. You can take any area of your life that you're not who you want to be or supposed to be, and you can trace it back to the flesh that's been put on you because of the fall of man, and there you can find the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And that is what is keeping you from being who God wants you to be. Amen? Are you with me so far? I want to leave you with this uh, thought. There was a king. And he had a son. All kings want to have a son so they can have an heir. And He finally had a son. But when the son was an infant, the king was killed and his throne was taken over by someone else. And in order to save the baby, they took that child and they gave him to a peasant family. And the peasant family hid his identity. And they raised him as a peasant. And he thought he was a peasant. He acted like a peasant. He thought like a peasant. He lived like a peasant all of his life. That's all he knew. He believed he was a peasant until one day the throne became open again and there was no person to step up. And so his family said, look, we got something we got to tell you. You're not really one of us. You're really the son of royalty. In your veins flows blood that belongs on the throne and not down here. And so he begins to uh, step forward and And he tries to assume the throne. He's only got one problem. All he knows how to do is think like a peasant, dress like a peasant, eat like a peasant, act like a peasant. Even though within him there's a king, he's covered in the thoughts and the actions and the habits and the experiences in the life of a peasant. And so he has to get retrained. And his retraining is not so much about giving him new things, but it's stripping away the garbage he's been taught. He has a poverty mindset. He doesn't want to tell anybody what to do. He doesn't know how to lead. He, his body is used to eating a certain kind of food, and that has to change now. Come on. And he's got to begin to the strip away, and the people who surround him are smart enough to know that as they begin to strip away all of the junk of him being a peasant, what they uncover is this king who takes his throne and finally becomes who he was meant to be. Somewhere at the end of my life, there's a king. Right now, I don't always look like a king. Somewhere at the end of my life, there's a king. He's inside of me somewhere. He's just been bogged down with bad thinking and bad experiences. And sometimes I've got the mind of a peasant. And I don't think like a king, and I don't act like a king. But inside of me, he's in there. God placed him there. And my work today is to believe And to trust that I am who he says I am. And as I do, I can begin to do the work of stripping off the junk. Stop thinking of yourself as somebody who will always be a failure. Stop thinking of yourself as somebody who will always be broke, always be behind on your bills. Stop thinking of yourself as somebody who will always be lonely. Start thinking of yourself as someone who can succeed who can do well, who can love their neighbor, who can do what God called you to do because that person is inside of you today. I want to pray for you at this time if you'd let me. Father, in Jesus' name.